All right, welcome to the Time for Success podcast uh, with your host, Matt Barbie, uh, the founder of Time for Success. And this is the podcast for business owners really want to be able to take their businesses to that next level where they have freedom back in their lives. They've got more options uh, with, uh, with how they run their business, with how they run their lives. Uh, they're able to, to not be a slave to their business anymore and be able to really just sit back and let their teams do what they've trained them to do and let the business grow and thrive without the daily hassles. And one of those major sticking points for a lot of business owners is math. A lot, a lot of business owners, um, they, they just don't love the math. They don't love the numbers, whether they are okay with numbers and they just find the math of their business a little bit uh, anxiety inducing, or uh, they, just, they just hate numbers, period. It is critical if you really wanna be able to have a thriving, growing business to understand what numbers you need to know and what to do about them. And to that point, I've got a couple of great, uh, great, great friends and you know, strategic partners uh, for, for my business and my clients as well, people that I highly trust and highly recommend. Uh, the, the team from Innovative Business Advisors, we've got Terry Lammers and we've got Stephen Denny. How are you guys doing today? Fantastic. Thanks for having us on. Good, good. Thank you. Thank you for being on. Well, before we get into all the uh, the funny math and and number stuff of business, can you uh, tell the tell the the group that's listening uh, here today what it is that you do at Innovative Business Advisors? Terry, I can jump in on that. I guess we basically all do right. three things. We help people buy and sell companies. Our target client uh, typically has a value. The business has a value between one and twenty million. Uh, I'm a CVA, a certified valuation analyst. Uh, so Steve and I do a lot of business valuations and uh, we also have a coaching program to the company It's called CEO to CEO. So chief everything officer to chief, chief executive officer. So it keeps us busy. I love it. I love it. Yeah. How did you two guys meet? Like what, what, what brought you guys together? I'm just curious. <laughs> I'll let Steve take that one. <laughs> <laughs> Terry says we dated for a year before we got hitched, but, uh, uh, we were in a mastermind group together. Uh, we had uh, the same mentor and coach used to talk about our businesses. He was in a, he and I both had, you know, virtually identical businesses on different sides of the river. So we'd go to these mastermind meetings once a month and we'd be talking about our businesses and we had similar issues that we were contending with. We elected to do some joint advertising and kind of some joint ventures together. And, you know, after doing that for a period of time, we just said, Hey, it doesn't make sense that we're both having the, you know, the same kind of fixed overheads in the business. Why don't we, why don't we combine forces and uh, see if we could make one plus one equal more than two. And I think uh, we're more than two years in it. And I think we've proven that the model is successful. Two years is, is definitely a good uh, testing time. Uh, so if you guys haven't found uh, found a sticking point where you guys just can't get over it uh, quite yet, that, that that's a pretty good mark. That's pretty good. He's a very detail oriented person and, and I'm kind of more of a, big picture person and the, the two seem to get along very well. Yeah. That, that balance is, uh, is key. As long as you guys can, uh, can, can see that. And, and um, do you guys, it, it, partnerships can be tough. First of all, like, before we get into that, what, what would you say is the key to success uh, for a good partnership that you guys have seen? Well, I think the old adage is the partnership is a hardship to sale is absolutely true, but I think um, we have we haven't done everything right, but I think the one thing that we did pretty well is 
we went through initially a, a pretty detailed you know, set of uh, operating agreements and we spent some one-on-one -on -one face time together going through the agreements together and making sure that we were establishing a foundation. And, you know, we, we don't always see eye to eye, but, um, but I, I think by and large, we haven't hit anything yet that's become a sticking point for us. So. so now it's interesting. You guys started off as business brokers, right? Is, is that really kind of where you guys formed together, came together and started working together as business brokers, right? And then how did the CEO to CEO program evolve? <laughs> it's kind of interesting for one we're practicing we're trying to practice what we preach uh, the brokerage business is a very transactional business so you sell a company you gotta go find another company to sell valuation is not quite as bad but pretty much you value a company the valuation is done and you gotta go find another company to value companies that have recurring revenue in them uh, will typically sell for higher multiple than transactional companies. So I had, it's kind of funny how this all fell together. We both subscribed to the value builder system, which is non-financial things that can affect the value or sellability of a company. Uh, so we had that piece. From my background uh, with owning a previous company, I had a method of putting my financial data into an income trend and a month-to-month -month income trend, and then doing the same thing with a balance sheet and then creating a ratio analysis. Uh, page and you know and that's what's part of our program is we're keep teaching you know how to put that look at that financial information in a trend and then a, a racial analysis page that you're looking at eight or ten ratios that will teach you and if you know those you'll have a pretty good pulse on your company Steve mm -hmm. came and he used to actually coach travel all around the country doing a profit improvement plan and Steve I'll let you talk about that since that's your piece yeah it was very similar so um, that that actually started with the same income trend process that Terry was using and basically showing business owners how the dollar moves through their business by following it through their business reports, the operating statements, profit and loss statements, if you will, balance sheets and cash flow statements. And I used to focus my clients on um, really understanding that whole process and when I saw Terry's forms, I was like, oh, you know, I used to do something similar to that as well. So we pulled out my old process and we married, you know, what Terry was doing with what, what I was doing. And then um, that's, that's, you know, 90% of the story, if you will. The other part that's important is giving business owners a framework by which they can make strategic decisions that grow the value of their company. So, you know, knowing your numbers is one thing. We think it's the first thing and the most important thing. And that's why our coaching program, the first 12 months of going through CEO to CEO, really teaches the business owners how to get their numbers down cold. And at the end of those 12 months, they come out of that with exactly that. They know their numbers like the back of their hand. Then we expand on that by teaching them the other six factors that can have a dramatic influence on the overall value of your business. And it's all about creating a strategic mindset whereby when a business owner is running their business day to day, knowing those factors and knowing what, you know, positive side and a negative side of that is helps them make a decision about should I do this or should I do that as they're you know, moving forward in their business every day. So we want them to know their numbers to really understand how bankable they are and be able to use, you know, be able to use their bankability as the rocket fuel to propel their business moving forward. And then we want them to understand how value is really derived in the business so that 
you know, at the end of the day, they're growing the value in their company and not making strategic decisions that would harm or impair the value of their company just because they don't know. Now, that all sounds really complicated, but I think we do a really good job in putting it into the format that it's easy. So if you're listening and you're out there and you're like, oh my God, I hate financial statements. We'll have fun. <laughs> we have fun doing it and, it and we break it down to where it's very simple. So it, it all sounds very complicated and, and that's one of the, why <laughs> uh, it, it does, you know, and, and for a lot of business owners, they're so stuck in the, the day-to-day um, and, and they're just trying to make sure that the clients are being serviced, that they're, they're bringing more business in through the door, that the little fires between you know, team members are, are being put out and everybody's being able to work together on a daily basis. How critical is it for a business owner to really understand their numbers for them to be able to you know, run their business more profitably? It's absolutely critical. And I think Steve... Uh, I, I failed to mention that the, the one of the, a big piece of our CEO program is teaching you your bankability. Likely, if you're going to have to expand your business, you're going to have to borrow money. People get very frustrated with bankers, and it seems like there's that old mentality of, you know, my banker's a good guy, or you know, he's he's taking care of me, and it's all about relationship and not about financials. Well, it's all about the numbers, you know, and. The bank's held accountable by federal, federal regulators. And as soon as you can understand those numbers, and it's not rocket science, you're, you should be able to go to your bank knowing that you have a bankable deal on the table. My previous company, uh, with the acquisitions that I did, once I got to the part where I was a bankable person and I knew it, uh, the company took off like wildfire. I mean, we was buying one company a year. So you think that a big part of this is about bankability. So being able to go to the bank confidently, knowing that, that you are somebody that the bank wants to work with and knowing confidently that they're going to give you uh, a loan to be able to, uh, what, fund buying new equipment, fund maybe pay buy another company. Buy another company. Oh, yeah. that's, that's interesting. How long should people, how, how, how far before I should say like people are exit planning, let's say like somebody maybe, maybe thinking about selling their business in the future, how far before, before that, that actual transaction should people start understanding their numbers and um, maybe be looking to like a program like yours where they understand um, their profit loss statements, uh, their, their banking statements, all that. So let me, uh, let me say it's the most critical thing that a business owner has to do. And it's uniquely the business owner's responsibility for the business, okay? Nobody else in the business has that responsibility, Matt. So knowing your numbers is the most important thing that a business owner can do. And, you know, we always say that typically the business owners we met, they're technical experts in whatever business they have. So, you know, if they're in the car business, they might know everything in the world about cars, but they rarely know everything in the world about the numbers of their business. And so we tell the business owners, the, the most important thing you do is know your numbers. And when you know your numbers down cold, then you know what, then we can easily teach you what banks and everybody else is looking for. That's the bankability process, right? So when you know your numbers, you know how you can then judge the health of your company and the bankability of your company. And when you walk into that banker and you know your numbers down cold and you know exactly where you stand, it gives you a hundred percent confidence 
about mm -hmm. what you know about what you're presenting and those are the people that are hard to resist and banks don't resist them those are the people that banks are actually looking to help because it gives them confidence you know, you know bank wants to get repaid they provide yeah. you they provide you the money which is just like you know the other supplies you need for your business to grow your business and all they want to do is make sure they can get repaid and if you have got 100% confidence and can demonstrate it through your numbers you know you'll have all the money you need yeah yeah uh, i agree i it, the business business owners need to have clarity into what's going on in their business and that's one of the things that i i talk to my clients about first thing is that if you don't at least understand some of the basics about the numbers of, about what's happening uh, day to day in your business, about whether or not even a, a product or service that you're offering is even even somewhat profitable at the very least, and how are you managing that cash flow? How do they know what's going to be in the bank account next week? I was gonna say, I think that's what part of the program is about. It's to stop the process of the owner being a checkbook manager, basically managing the checkbook and judging what am I going to do next by how much money is in the checkbook. Um, it's it's very interesting. Uh, the business that I had before required a ton of working capital, you know, so we had a lot of you know large accounts receivable, and we had to pay our payables before we received our receivables. So you know, you get into that, and I can show you a very real scenario where a business can go broke not because it was unprofitable, but because they purely ran out of cash. And that's very real. If you don't know how to manage that, you know, gosh, for years I struggled. It's like, wow, you know, how can my financial statements say that I'm making a ton of money, but there's never any money in the checkbook, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> and what, Absolutely. Once, you, once you figure it out, it's humbling. And that's Absolutely. the biggest issue. That's the biggest issue, Matt, for contractors in particular. They, they simply run out of cash, right? Because they don't know how to balance their working capital requirements, their business. They don't know how to balance the time period between when they're able to bill somebody for something and actually receive payment and when they have to pay for the things that they need to do the job. As, and the sad part is, you know, we're, we're also about building a team of people around you, you know, so who's your banker, who's your CPA or bookkeeper? And what's sad is a lot of times when these companies are going through growth spurts, and they're experiencing these pains, they don't have the correct team members around them to help them through the process. I went for years with a standard line of credit. You, you know, your credit limit's $200,000. Boom, blow through it. Big ordeal. Get it up to three. Finally, they put me on a borrowing-based certificate, which basically gives you no limit to your credit limit. And you're borrowing a percentage, like 75% of your accounts receivable and 50% of your inventory. Well, once I got put on that, I could grow exponentially and I just had to stay in these parameters instead of having a set number. You know, it's little things like that that just make a huge difference. And, you know, it's frustrating that why didn't my banker suggest that, you know, three or four years earlier? Why didn't my CPA bring it up, you know? Yeah. So one of the struggles that I see very frequently is that, you know, for a small business owner, they, all right, well, let, let's put it this way. I, have a, a friend of mine who was telling me about a project that they were working on uh, with with a team member. And he told that team member to put together a budget with the, the client that they were working with. And she came back to him and said, I, I don't know how to build a budget. Well, she had run a business for a number of years. And he just couldn't understand how this person had never created a budget and didn't know how to. And, and I said to my friend, I said, you know how most small business owners pay the bills, right? 
You say, well, what do you mean? Isn't it, isn't it based on, you know, what, what they've got budgeted and, and what they know they've got coming in and going out? I said, well, a lot of the times, small business owners, they, they just, they look at the bank account if they're kind of at least looking ahead a little bit to see if there's enough money to pay the bill that they've got in their hand at that moment. And if not, they wait until there's enough money in the bank account. Some of them just write the check and, and hope that there's going to be enough money coming through to be able to take care of it. So it's, it's unfortunate that we really don't actually have in, in our education system, any, any good education around even running our own budgets, much less a business budget. We don't really understand what, what cash flow means. I, let's actually just take a step back. What, what does cash flow even mean, guys? That's how the cash flows through the company. Uh, so the biggest thing to you got to think of, and it's funny, I keep going back to my previous business, but I, you know, I can remember sitting at my desk thinking about this. Is the bank looking at net income or are they looking at, because it's getting taught this cash flow thing where you're adding back depreciation and amortization, which are non-cash expenses. You know, if you're getting the dividend, you're adding back interest and a couple other things. But for the main thing to get to the cash flow, you're adding back depreciation and amortization. So I always looked at my income statement, I'm like, no, if it wasn't for that dang depreciation guy, I'd be making a lot of money. But it was always in the back of my mind. What is the bank looking at? So it was and once I sold the company and I actually worked for a bank, guess what? They're looking at the cash flow of the company. Net income doesn't mean anything. That's one of my biggest mantras is when why I always say it's not about sales and net income. It's about gross profit and cash flow. So knowing that cash flow, that's that's what you're looking for. Yeah, and oh, especially ahead. in this era of bonus depreciation, where you know you can depreciate off up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars at one whack. Um, I think that's what the number is. You know, that's really going to kill your net income. But the only thing you're really looking at for an income is that your taxable income. But the bank is going to add back that into your net income and come up with the cash flow of the company. So what is the difference between like looking at your cash flow statement versus your profit and loss statement? Which one is more important for, on a day-by-day -day basis? Well, generally you don't look at either of them day-by-day, -day, but I think what Terry just mentioned earlier, one thing you should look at is gross profit every day. So if you understand your costs, right? Mm -hmm. And you understand that you're generating, you understand that you're generating enough gross profit to cover your costs, then you know that there, you should be accumulating cash in your business. Then it's important to take a look at, you know, the difference between when you have to pay for things and when you actually collect from your customers. So, you know, a restaurant where you're putting a, you're putting a check on the table after you serve them and your customer's paying for that before they walk out the door, you know, generally restaurants can operate with almost zero working capital requirements because they may not have to pay the egg supplier and the produce supplier for a week. But the, when the customer comes in, they get paid every single day from the customers. So they've got, they have this accumulating cash flow that tends to happen, right? In, in Terry's old business, where you're in the fuel business, where you're buying a bunch of fuel and then you're having to deliver the fuel and then get paid later, or any business where you have to send somebody an invoice to get paid later, you know, very often those companies are paying their suppliers for the product up front before their customers are writing them a check for what they've sold. So that's when you got to have working capital in the business. And, and what happens is, particularly for contractors, they take on more and more work because they think that higher sales is going to mean higher profits, which mm -hmm. might be true for them. But the problem is 
they run they outrun their working capital they their suppliers are not uh, not opposed to supplying them until they stop getting paid and the reason they stop getting paid is because the contractor can't collect fast enough from their clients to meet their supplier requirements that's called running out of cash in your business and that's that's the number one reason that businesses fail. That's the number one reason small businesses fail. Yeah, I know of quite a few examples of companies that are doing millions of dollars a year in business. And they've got millions of dollars in contracts. They're just stacked up on the table waiting to be executed on. But they've had to shut down because they did not have the capital to be able to run on a day-by-day basis. So in the CEO program, three of the ratios that we teach people is accounts receivable days, inventory days, and accounts payable days. So what that means is accounts receivable days. That's how many days is it taking to collect my cash once I've sold it. Accounts payable days is how many days from the time I receive an invoice on average do I have to pay my bill. And inventory days is, you know, how many days worth of inventory do I have? Then we also track daily sales. So if your inventory days, all let's just say you're selling $10,000 worth of stuff a day. And these numbers vary a little bit, but if your inventory days go up by five, that's $50,000 more worth of inventory that you have around than if you would have lowered it. Or, you know, in my case, before I sold the company, we was at $250,000 a day in sales. So if my inventory days, I'm sorry, my accounts receivable days went up by two. So I'm not receiving my money as fast. And my accounts payable days went down by two, meaning I'm paying my bills faster. That's, you know, four days, that's a million dollars. There's a million dollars of cash that just disappeared. It doesn't have nothing to do with your profitability. And it doesn't matter if you're selling $250,000 a day or $2,500 of stuff a day. If you don't have the cash, that's a pain point. So by watching those numbers, you can really pay attention to how much cash is coming in and out of your, um, you know, out of your business. I had a client recently that needed $100,000 to open up a third location. And I had been on them all the time that you're paying your bills too fast. Their accounts payable days were like five. So, I mean, you're getting an invoice, boom, five days later, they're writing a check. I mean, you could at least get 25 days, couldn't you? Well, their case was their daily sales were just right at $10,000 a day. So, you know, what I showed them was let's let those payable days go from five to 15 or 20, and you're going to have a hundred, $150,000 back in the checkbook. You don't need to borrow the money to open that third location. Yeah. So, well, that, that's just knowing how much you have in the bank is a struggle for a lot of business owners though. You know, they, they, they don't know when the money's coming out. They don't know when the money's coming in. Right. Well, they you don't, don't know what they don't know. <laughs> right. Terry also has a book, right? Quick, quick plug for the book. Quick plug for the book. You don't know what you don't know. www.youdon'tknowwhatyoudon'tknow.com. <laughs> I've seen it a lot with a lot of my clients and trying to get them to, to better understand that, you know, whenever they have these contracts that, are 30, 45, 60, 120 days uh, until they get paid. They they don't necessarily always connect the dots. And and I get it because again, we we have terrible financial education in the school systems and and most of the time, you know, where do you go to get it? Well, you go to YouTube. You can't always trust what's on YouTube, right? 
but you know, I, I get the struggle that for a lot of business owners, they don't necessarily connect the dots between having to pay the payroll today uh, and the other, the other costs related to, to just getting a job done versus when that money is coming in. And they don't necessarily understand even that the gross profitability. I, I work with my clients very early on, on understanding the, the gross profitability uh, of their services. And the, the, gross, the gross profits is, a lot of people get that confused with net profits and wait, where do my uh, fixed costs come in and uh, you know, where does it all fall? So one of the things that was brilliant about what Steve brought to the table, I mean, believe it or not, so I've gone all these years using my plan and it's just so interesting. Steve comes with this, you know, literally dust off this profit improvement plan that, he, that he's taught for years. And he taught me a bunch of things. And what's really interesting about adding Steve's profit improvement plan to our CEO piece is that it breaks things down in percentages. So Oftentimes, what can even get more confusing for a business owner is I'm growing my business, I'm growing my business, I'm growing my business. I want more sales, right? Well, without them knowing it, their gross profit margins are going down, so they're not extracting as much cash from that sale. But then their accounts, receivable days, and payable, and those ratios are getting out of whack because as they're growing the business, they're not, you know, you don't know. I just know my accounts receivable went from 100000 to 200000 and I don't know how many days I have there. You know, I just know my accounts payable is is up to you know two hundred fifty thousand from a hundred thousand. But how many how many days does that make sense? You know, and what's really nice where we break it down into those percentages, you, you can you can almost make the argument that I'm going to manage my business by the percentages more so than I am by the numbers because if if I got my percentages right, the numbers going to be right. And then Steve's got a great way of taking where my way was to put it into a month by month trends. We put it into a year trend and then pick those best percentages. And, you know, that's kind of a little bit of the secret how we're coming up with the profit improvement plan. But then that also becomes your budget. You talk about not being able to make a budget. We'll show you how in, in your budget's going to be performance markers that your company has achieved at one point in time or another. Is that accurate, Steve? Yeah. So Matt, the big thing is, most business owners, I think the biggest the biggest um, myth in business is, if I raise sales, my profit's going to go up. And most business owners, you know, follow that that myth. They think all I got to do is raise sales a little bit more, and my and you know my profit will go up substantially. The problem with that is, is that most business owners will discount their products in order to raise sales. And when you're discounting your products very often they'll discount them more than, you know, the gross than their, what the business can actually sus sustain. So the gross profit is going down, which means they're not, they don't have enough gross profit in their business to cover all their costs and their, and their, their, you know, profits or actual business profits go down commensurate with the business. So, yeah. So we teach them how to, how to pay attention to all those things. What are the key numbers to watch for? And understanding those numbers on a weekly basis becomes very easy for clients to go through this process. And then they're able to actually see the profits grow in their business because once they understand what the key numbers are that they need to watch, it's easy to do and they almost gamify it. And uh, so we teach them, you know, what the potential resides in their business 
And if you've got a business owner, so I had a business owner for 35 years that was running a business, basically a break-even for 35 years. After going through the program, I told him, you know, your business should be producing net profits of half a million dollars a year, right? He didn't believe me. It was too big of, too big of a jump from what he had experienced. So I actually taught him how to do the, do the CEO to CEO process over a short period of time. And at the end of the first year, his profits were halfway there. At the end of the second year, he actually achieved half a million dollars in gross profit, or excuse me, a net profit. And he never made that much money in the prior 35 years of running his business. Yeah. It's life-changing when people can finally get the profits that they've always wanted to have, finally get the money into the bank account that they know that they're capable of. And it's, it's sad that they don't really understand why that doesn't happen. Um, but just to your point, uh, a quick example of a roofing company that I know, um, he was, he was cutting, cutting deals, making more sales than he ever had before, but he couldn't understand why at the end of the month, the bank account was in the negative. And by working through these numbers and by understanding that actually he was, he was actually underbidding and each time he made a sale, he was actually basically paying these customers to be able to work with them. So it basically changed uh, how he viewed uh, the sales and how he viewed how he managed his teams, how he managed his budget. Um, I, I want to go back to this concept, though, of the CEO to CEO. So why, do, why did you choose that name? Because really... Most business owners are the chief everything officer. They think they have to do everything. And really the one thing they're not doing is really understanding their numbers and how their business flows, right? So, so when we teach them the numbers and they really understand it and teach them how to strategically think about their business, it really frees them up to see that, you know what, my job is really to be the captain of the ship. I don't have to be the guy that's always, you know, pulling the sails up and, and you know, adjusting the anchor lines and everything else. I got people around me that can do some of that stuff. I just gotta effectively tell them what they need to do to get it done, right? Yeah, yeah. But the captain's gotta start by learning what their job is and making sure they do their job first. And that's what becoming a chief executive officer is all about. Truly being the executive in your bot in your business and being able to direct the activities of others in your business. Yeah, and what, what's powerful is on, on our flyer, there's a, a quote from Amy, and uh, Amy was a valuation client of mine, and when I valued your company, she was really, <laughs> she was upset with me because she thought the company was worth a lot more. So fast forward, she calls me a year later and, and asked if I'd come meet with her, and you know, she expressed to me that she was upset with the last valuation, <laughs> it was obvious, so I'm like, yes, I understand that, but she said, I took a lot of things you said to heart. And she did. She made a lot of changes. But at the end of the interview or, you know, our meeting, she said, I have some questions. And this is this is pay attention. And this is what's powerful about the CEO program. She goes, well, how much profit should I show? You know, how, you know, should I run my net income down to zero or should I show, you know, a big profit? But then my accountant says I'm going to have to pay taxes. So if you're a CPA on the line, this is where me and Steve get a little growly with CPAs. What's their, what's their job? They don't want you to pay any taxes. So we'll always running your net income down to nothing. But what you're going to get when you're the chief executive 
is you're going to know, do I need to be a bankable person? So, you know, if, if I have to show profit and great margins, so I'm a bankable person, you're going to have to show a net income and you're going to have to pay taxes. If you're in a position, it's like, I don't need to borrow money. I got all the money I want. Well, then let's look at it from a tax perspective. Terry and I have this uh, big disagreement with CPAs. So CPAs are generally telling business owners to minimize their net income, right? To avoid paying taxes. And that's exactly the wrong thing to do if your goal is to exit your business in the next few years, okay? So, you know, you, it, everything's got to be done in context. And I think Terry's point earlier that it's all about having the right people around you at the right time. So, you know, it's if you want to grow the value of your business, you don't grow the value of your business by showing no profits year after year after year. And there are things like that that you need to, you need to pay close attention to if your goal is really to build something that one day you can sell or hand off to somebody else and have you know significant value for and potentially even fund your own retirement with. Yeah, and I think the other back to what you kind of started out with, Matt. You kind of asked the question of when when does a business owner need to go through this? Well, you know, to me, I almost want to say the earlier the better because yeah. the next thing that we haven't really talked about is valuation. And another key team member, you know, another key person that needs to be on your team is your financial advisor. So ultimately, most of the time, a person's goal with owning this business is to sell it and retire successfully, correctly. So what is the number that you need? And going through the program, we don't do a formal valuation, but you're going to figure out, you know, we're going to help you. You'll have a pretty good idea what your company's worth. But the sad part that Steve and I see way too often is where a business owner has been telling their financial advisor that their company's worth, say, $10 million. And the financial advisor writes up a retirement plan as if this mythical $10 million check's going to come in. So fast forward to the age of 65, 70, they come to Steve and I, and we value the company. It's like, well, no, the company's really worth $5 million, and that's before taxes. Well, now that it's just blown up in your face. So if you know this process and you know your numbers and you have a pretty good, you know, and I, whether you, you do a formal valuation or not, and you know what the value of that company is and a realistic value, that's going to help you determine, do I need to grow this thing or, you know, what path do I need to, to take to achieve my goal for retirement? Yeah, I think that that's a great insight for, for my clients. I encourage them to start as early as possible as well. And some of that's too, because you don't necessarily know what's coming. You don't necessarily know when you're going to for sure want to sell your business. You might love what you do. And it's great if you love what you do, first of all. But it's about having options in life. And, and having a business should be, if, if anything, about being able to have more options. You might come to the point where there, you might want to take a shift in your life. And you, don't, you can't predict that two or three years necessarily down the road for sure. Or maybe something happens, maybe there's a big event in your life and you want to be able to sell your business and, and get out of it. Um, but if you, if you wait until that end point that might be a retirement later on down the road to finally start putting your stuff together and putting your numbers together, well, first of all, most likely all these years, you haven't been running your business very profitably. Um, you've probably been missing out on a lot of money that could have been going towards retirement and actually building the value of the company. And you never really had an understanding of what it, what it would take to build the value of the company. And so you, you've missed out on, on, on probably millions and millions of dollars over the course of the years. And then 
by the time you finally decide, okay, I'm ready for it, it's going to be at least another two or three, maybe five years of prep and hard work of learning how to do all this stuff and finally putting it in place and hoping that you can make it work by the time that you finally want to get out of the business. And it's, it's already too late. You're already behind, behind the, the, yeah. the eight ball at that point. Well, and, and, and not only that, so we call it the ostrich syndrome, you know, they stick their head in the sand and I don't want to, you know, I don't want to talk about this stuff, but you know, a lot of times it's not even the financial viability of the company and maybe the, you know, I've got a company right now that should sell for over $5 million and we're having a hard time finding a buyer because the owner is still a chief everything officer. And, yeah. you know, the yeah. buyers are coming because they, they, you know, to get that amount of value for the business, he's doing something right. But they're looking at it and going, I'm not moving to this town to run this business. You know, there's no management team in place. So those yeah. non-financial things, I very often, I tell people all the time, it's not that they lower the value of your company, say from a million to 800,000. It's that they make the company completely unsellable. And it's, it's very important. Yeah. And that's another thing to be thinking about as you're growing your business. Are you growing recurring revenue in the business? Are you separating yourself? Do you have a management team? Did you sign some kind of contract that ties you specifically to a supplier or a key employee or a key customer? Mm. You know, those, all those skeletons come out of the closet when you put the for sale sign up. Yeah. The, the other thing that's really interesting about this is there are things like, coronaviruses that come and hit us too, right? So, you know, there are external events that can have a big impact on your business. So, you know, we always say, look, for the valuation, every business owner ought to know what the real fair market value of their business is. We're, we're Americans. We keep score, right? That's what we do. And if you're a business owner, how do you know whether or not your business is better today than it was two years ago? Well, if you're valuing your business every year or every two years to understand where your number is, then it's easy for you to keep yourself accountable to, I want this thing to continue to go up year after year after year. And it's, it's the owner's report card, right? It's, it's them showing themselves how well they're doing is what it amounts to. Because nobody else is going to tell them until they get to the end of the road, like Terry said, and they may have found that they made a bunch of strategic decisions along the way that made their business totally unsellable, even though it, it produces profit. You know, that's the big part that a lot of people don't understand. Uh, back to Terry's point in terms of, are you selling a job or are you selling an asset? It's really hard to sell a job. So if your business requires you to be there on a day-to-day -day basis and you don't have that management team, you don't have a, a strategic growth plan in place where you even the business can grow and thrive without you having to be there as well because it's it's one thing to to manage it and to have it go but it's another thing to actually to have the business where it'll continue to grow to grow whether or not you know go versus grow what people need to to understand is that how how often do you tell people hey you know what i've got i've got a job for you if you, if you employ anybody i've got a job for you you just got to pay me a hundred thousand dollars to work for me that never happens. But it's the same thing when your business, when you go to try to sell it and say, great, I've got this great business and um, it's going to require you to run it every day. So you're probably going to have to be working uh, you know, 100 hours, uh, just like me, uh, to run it on a consistent basis. You're going to have to probably move, yes, to my, my hometown to be able to do it. Um, and 
and and really i don't have a plan for how to continue to grow it so you're gonna have to come in here and kind of try to like figure that out um and 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 while, while you're doing that um you're gonna have to get used to everybody in the business um and hope that nobody leaves in the process because uh you're, you're running it in a different fashion um it's just not really re as realistic as people think so at the end of the day the best thing they can do is they can hope they can they can sell maybe a, a customer list and maybe some goodwill but the business is no, going to be nowhere near as valuable as if it is an asset that continues to produce profits with or without them there. And that's really that, what that, that asset mentality is, is that that business can continue to grow and be profitable whether or not you're there on a day-by-day -day basis. You said it well. Nobody wants to buy a job, but everybody wants to buy a money machine that kicks out money every day. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's why people invest in the stock market because they hope that they're going to put money in, they don't have to think about it, and they're going to get a return on it every year. Well, buying and selling businesses can be way more profitable, but again, people are only looking for businesses that, you know, they're going to be able to take and yeah. and I would, you know, it would be fun to have another call. It's just it, it all starts with understanding the numbers. And I'm I'm telling you, it's not that hard. We we could take right. you through an easy process to teach numbers. But then it, it you know, it's probably a, a topic for another podcast is Yep. A financial acquisition versus a strategic acquisition or financial valuation versus a strategic acquisition. Uh, in my book, there's um, I, I talk about me and my accountant always butted heads because yep. he was like, Terry, you only pay for a company for the cash flow that it's producing. But from a strategic standpoint, I knew I'm going to eliminate about 40% of the, of the expenses, you know, operating expenses that the other company has. So from a strategic standpoint, it had... A much higher value to me, although my accountant would encourage me to only pay for the current cash flow that it, it's spinning off. So, you know, once once you understand your numbers, and now if we're going to grow our business by acquisition, you can really come across some pretty lucrative deals in in expanding your business. And the other thing nowadays, especially, is you know you're buying a business, so you're not only increasing your sales, but oftentimes you're acquiring employees that can work to get you more out of the business because there's, there's always that proverbial hump that you got to get over right yeah you're telling me don't work in my business well shoot i gotta hire somebody to do this and i don't have enough money to do it so how do i get over that hump and i was there you know um when i first came back to the business i drove a truck every day and you know but once it was done i had you know, I didn't, I didn't, you know, I had operations managers and office manager and stuff like that, but it ain't easy. So, mm -hmm. but if you know the numbers, it's a lot easier than not knowing the numbers and, and being able to predict if you're going to the bank and you're at a bankable deal, you know, being able to know what your numbers are and if they're going in the right direction, it's just, it's, it's all very important. Yeah. I mean, it even allows you to be able to communicate with your team what does success even mean on a, on a day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year basis? If it's just like, well, yeah, well, we increase revenue, but for some reason you're not able to give bonuses or if people don't really necessarily know how their job even affects the overall revenue generation or profitability of the business, it, it really creates this disconnect and, and people don't necessarily take as much responsibility for the tasks at hand. But if you can actually drill down and, and help people understand like this is, this is what we need to do to, to, to win as a business. And this is how your job affects it. It again is game changing for the, the culture of the business as well. And for people who struggle with 
employees productivity well a lot of times it's because they don't they don't they don't connect their job to the success of the business overall really they don't necessarily feel how their role is necessarily affecting that mission of the with the clients they don't necessarily understand how the overall bonus structure for all the the, the employees and and how all the the employees are affected by their job doing their job or not doing their job so it is it's even a, a, another practice in, in great management and great leadership. Um, but yeah, we're going to definitely have to do another podcast on this. So we're going to have to get together again and talk about it really dri- drive in more with these numbers and valuation and exit planning and, and, uh, and, and, and even just how to, to manage it. Um, so we'll, we'll do that another time, but I don't mind uh, telling my audience. I, I want them to know that uh, I really do believe in the CEO to CEO program. Um, it is a program that that I'm offering in partnership with uh, Innovative Business Advisors uh, because I work with my clients on sales and marketing and, and leadership and employee engagement programs, as well as I was actually in the process of creating a, a, a whole new training of, of running your business by the numbers. And uh, I came across, you know, what Steve and Terry were doing with this program. And I, and I was just, I was, I was blown away with it. Normally, I, I tell people this is the part where they kind of share how, uh, how they can get a hold of them. Uh, but it, you know we're, we're working together in this, so you can contact me directly, but also you can contact Terry and, and Steve and let them know that you heard it here on the podcast or you know, on the video. That's where you, you found out about what they're doing and how they're really enabling business owners to, to demystify the, the banking relationships, demystify what it takes to, to build an exit plan, demystify what it takes just to, just to know whether or not you're going to have enough money in the bank <laughs> to be able to pay the bills. Uh, so, Steve and Terry, please, how do people get a hold of you? Yeah, so they can always go to our website at innovativeba.com. That's innovative, B is an Apple, A is an advisors.com. And there's a lot of information there, including all of, uh, all of our email information and so forth. So that's always a good way. And then, Matt, if they want to learn more about the CEO to CEO program, I'd invite your listeners to contact you because you're a licensee of that product. And you can provide information for them there, but we'd love to have them in uh, in one of our upcoming classes. And you know, it's a it's it is a life changing program. They make a commitment to stay with us for twenty sessions, and we guarantee it will change their life. And if you if you go to the media tab on our website, there's a uh, a lot of useful information there, also with blogs and other podcasts we've done and articles we've written that have been published in magazines all over the place. A lot, a lot of stuff on cash flow and strategic and financial valuations and things like that. So wealth of information there. It's almost like a small library anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And how do they get a hold of your book again? So the name of the book is you don't know what you don't know. It is on Amazon. And uh, the website is you don't know what you don't know.com. You can download there's, there's questions at the end of each chapter which was my aha moment in writing a book. When I wrote those questions, it was like, you know what? You don't answer these questions. You'll learn something. So you can download the questions for free, but a lot of good, a lot of good information on there. Also it might uh, give the book a nice little push in 2019. It was listed by Forbes magazine as a top 10 business book. Oh, wow. Well, and it's even more important and more critical now um, with uh, yeah the COVID-19 situation that's going on while we're recording this and uh, the the potential recession or depression, or at least the economic disruption that's going to happen. Uh, we didn't even hit upon that. We'll have to hit upon that on the next, uh, in the next podcast. Right. So, um, so please, you know, take, take a chance to pick up a book, 
read it. I think that uh, Terry's book's a fantastic book. And it's, it's time, it's more important than ever to really understand the numbers of your business and make sure that you're operating as profitably as possible. Since especially now, so many people are just trying to cut deals and, and try to, to slash off pricing. You, you can do that to the point of death for your business. If, you're, if you don't understand your, your gross profits, your net profits, your cash flow. Uh, so please, please be careful with that. Get some help. And uh, again, my name is Matt Barbie. I'm the host of this show. I uh, coach businesses on and business owners on how to reach that freedom point in their business where the business can, can run without them having to be there on a daily basis. And if you have any questions regarding that or the CEO to CEO program, please feel free to reach out 314-441-5423. Thank you. Matt, thanks for having us. Appreciate it. Thanks for having us.